I'm Michael Malley, and this is Michael the Storyteller Tells Tales. The story that I'm about to tell is a Buddhist Jataka tale from India. It is an Earth Mother story. It is called The Tree Spirit. And I found it originally in a collection by the storyteller Marie Shedlock in her 1920 collection called Eastern Stories and Legends. This is Tree Spirit. Once there was a king, and this king wished to be known to be recognized as greater than any other king in any other kingdom. And one day he said to his prime minister, Prime Minister, we shall build a new palace. As you can see, the palace that we currently have, it has many columns. But we will build a palace that will have but one column. One column to support it. So that everyone will know that I am the one king. That ours is the one kingdom. And that I am greater than all other royalty in all other lands. And the Prime Minister spoke and said, uh, Your Reverence, uh, please... How could we possibly construct a palace that would stand with, with just one column? Prime Minister, answer me this. What stands in the center of the ancient old wood near the never used well? Uh, sir, there is uh, nothing there but, of course, the, the great sap tree. Exactly. The great sap tree. That tree is so old, its trunk is so wide, that it will serve as the one column that will support the one palace of the one king. But, Your Reverence, with, with, with all due respect, the, the great sap tree has been honored by the people of your kingdom for for generations. It, it has been honored, in fact, by, by the royal family itself. Prime Minister, are you not listening to me? We will chop down the great sap tree, but we will bring its trunk to the center of this city. It will stand as the one column, and it will be an honor to the sap tree. The king spoke strongly, but there were doubts within himself. And so, at the next full moon, he went up into the oracle tower, and from the podium, he spoke to the people of his kingdom who were gathered below. My people! 
You have, by this time, no doubt heard rumors. Rumors that the great sap tree, in the center of the ancient old wood, near the never used well, that the great sap tree shall be chopped down. I stand before you today to tell you that yes, those rumors are true. But listen, it will be a great honor to the sap tree. For that great trunk shall be cut, it shall be brought to the center of the city, and it shall stand as the single column that will support the one palace of the one king in the greatest of kingdoms, and it will be an honor to the sap tree. And the prime minister, standing at the king's side, he motioned for the people to chant an agreement. Honor to the sap tree! Honor to the sap tree! They sang. Honor to the sap tree! Honor to the sap tree! Yes, it will be an honor to the sap tree. The people, of course, called back honor to the sap tree, but as with the king, they held doubts in their hearts. The woodsmen who were to chop down the tree, they went out in silence into the center of the ancient old wood near the never used well. But it was not yet the day when they were to chop down the tree. On this day they went and in their rough hands they held bouquets of flowers. They walked in silence to the center of the ancient old wood. And then those woodsmen, they made a great circle around the base of the tree. And it was the master woodsman who spoke. Oh, spirit. Spirit of the great sap tree. For the people believed that there was a tree spirit dwelling in the great sap tree. Spirit, in seven days' time, we will return to chop you down. We have been ordered by the king. So, tree spirit, please, while you can, leave the sap tree. And please, may no harm fall upon us, may no harm fall upon our children or our children's children, for we are only doing what we are ordered to do. And each of the men in their strong arms raised the bouquets of flowers high. And then they each set them down upon the forest floor, forming a wreath around the base of the great sap tree. And with a nod from the master woodsman and a wave of his hand, the woodsman followed that master woodsman in silence out of the forest. Now there was a spirit, a tree spirit in that great sap tree. And it heard 
the words and the pleas of the woodsman. And now the spirit of the great sap tree spoke to itself. These men, they tell me that they will return in seven days' time and chop me down. They tell me to leave the great sap tree. I can travel beyond the confines of this bark for a short time, but this, this is my home. I cannot leave the great sap tree. I am part of the great sap tree. I have lived a long life. Perhaps it is my time. But I am so large that when I fall, I shall crush so many other trees, younger trees, smaller trees, seedlings and saplings shall be destroyed by my falling, by my branches. I will go. At midnight tonight, I will go and I will speak to the king. Perhaps he will listen to me. Perhaps he will not chop me down. But if he must, I will ask that he have his woodsman chop me branch by branch and to lower each branch carefully. so that few other trees may be harmed. That night, a group of men were returning from the hunt back into the city, and they beheld a strange apparition. For coming from the thick of the woods and across the meadow, was what appeared to be a man, yet it could not be a man. For it was too great in height. And this man being, he had long flowing robes, long flowing hair, a long flowing beard, and he had a green luminosity to him. And he did not appear to walk, but appeared to glide over the ground and then appeared to not enter in at the gates of the city, but to pass, to pass through the very wall of rock into the city. The king was alone in his chamber. His face was turned to the wall he was fitful and restless, and he suddenly felt that, 
there was someone looking upon him, someone staring at him. You may have felt this yourself as if you can feel someone even behind you staring at you. And he turned and he beheld this green glowing giant figure of a man or some sort of ghost standing before him. And, and the king looked up and he said, who, who or what are you? I am the tree spirit. And the king said, he said, tree spirit, tree spirit, where, where do you dwell? In the ancient old wood, near the never used well. And now the king knew that this must be the spirit of the great sap tree. Perhaps it had come to do him harm. He must bide his time. And, and, and so the king spoke again and he said, tree spirit, tree, tree spirit, what do you hear? I come not to frighten. I come out of fear. Tree spirit, tree spirit, why so afraid? For a dead wooden column, that's what I'll be made. Tree spirit, tree spirit, we do honor to you. You honor me not. And kill little ones too. Little ones, little ones, of whom do you speak? As I fall, I'll crush saplings, young trees, and the weak. Tree spirit, tree spirit, but, but sure, you must fall. Then chop slowly each branch. Cut my root last of all. To chop and to chop it would increase your pain. But this way I die while some saplings remain. One great cut at your root. You will die oh so quickly to chop you down slowly would make me feel sickly. You chop and you lower each branch with great care. And yes, I'll die slowly, but Young trees you may spare. Tree spirit, tree spirit, we will not hurt you so. If kill me, you must. Please, let it be slow. Tree spirit, tree spirit, what am I to do? Dear friend, have you listened? As I spoke now to you. And the king began to walk back and forth through his small chamber, running his hands through his long gray hair. What was he to do? What could he possibly do? And then he noticed a smell. He breathed in again. It was the smell of autumn tide. And as sometimes happens with a smell, it brought back Memories to the king. That smell, that odor, it, it, it reminds me of when I was a boy. Ah, yes, I, I, I would go out into the woods around harvest time, and 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 I would I would gather the nuts of the great sap tree, the, the nuts from you. I, I would gather the nuts, and and, and the cook she would. She would grind them up and make the most 
delicious and delectable pastries from, from the meat of those nuts. And, and I would go, when I went to gather the nuts in the center of the ancient old wood, I would bring my satchel bag, I would fill it to overflowing, and my hound would always accompany me. And then on the way back, I would always keep a couple of the nuts, uh, the, some near the top that I would, uh, I would wait. I would wait until the dog was not looking, and then I would toss a nut into the tall grasses, and the dog would look and go bounding off the hound, thinking he had found a squirrel or a rabbit. <laughs> and then he would look about sniffing and find nothing, and then I'd wait and toss one in the opposite direction. The king breathed in again. Those smells, they bring memories. I remember another autumn. I was older then, a young man. Oh, I won't forget that day. The royal family from the other side of the mountain, they had come to visit us, including their daughter. And when I beheld her, I knew that I would be courting her. She and I, we stole off into the woods. It was innocent enough. We, we were walking along, and, and it was late autumn, and the colors of the leaves were magnificent. And I remember we looked up at the great sap tree. <laughs> we looked up at you, and, and oh my goodness, the colors. And I looked upon the forest floor, upon the ground, and there I picked up a leaf. Crimsons and burgundies and bright oranges and even a bit of pink and salmon in the color. And I held it up for her and I said, For you, my autumn flower. And and do you know, on our last anniversary, before, before she passed, she came to me and she said, Husband, I have kept that autumn flower. <laughs> I, I would not believe her. She took me by the hand as if I were a schoolboy. She brought me into the library and she opened one of the great books there. And there pressed between the pages, my autumn flower. The king breathed in again. The smell, the smell of the forest, the memories it brings. I, another, another memory comes to mind. This is not a fond one. It was in the middle years of my reign. It was late autumn. Harvest had come and gone, but there was no harvest, or hardly. The crops had failed. There was not enough food. They said there would be starvation. They said there would be strife that soon neighbor would be fighting neighbor for the little food that there was, that there could be civil war. And here I was, the king. I remember pacing in this very room. What was I to do? I thought and thought, but what, what could I do? 
I went out into the courtyard. I paced about there. Nothing, nothing could I think of. I am the king. The people are like my children. I am to care for them. But how could I care for them? There was not enough food. It came into my mind to go into the wood. It had oftentimes been a place for me to go and think. And I went to the center of the ancient old wood. It was autumn once again, and I looked up and I saw the leaves on the great sap. The leaves on you. How many leaves? And I thought how alike we were. I have all the countless children of my kingdom that I must care for, and you have all these leaves, each one like your child. And I said, Oh, great sap tree, you care for your children. Yes, indeed, but can I care for mine? And then it came to me, it, it, it came to me what, what my tutors had taught me years and years before. They had taught me that the leaves were like, like the children of the tree, just as I had said, just as, as, as the people of my kingdom were, were, were like my children. But they had taught me as well that these leaves, these children, that they fed the older parts of the tree. The children fed the parent. I rushed out of the woods. I came back to this castle, and that day I wrote the decree. In this winter, the young shall care for the old. The strong will care for the weak. The healthy will take care of the infirm. And you know that winter, we all had hunger in our bellies, even we in the royal family. But we did not have war. We did not have strife. We did not lose one life. Because of you. Oh, tree spirit, tree spirit, you would suffer and die to save more of your kind than I have been vain and pompous and selfish and blind. Tree spirit, tree spirit, you shall not be cut down. You are king of that forest where blue sky is your crown. Oh, great glorious tree. Now I see. Forgive me. Please, go free. And the king bowed to the spirit of the tree. And the tree spirit bowed to the king. And if you went back to that kingdom today, if you went to the center of the ancient old wood near the never used well, you would still find there the great sap tree 
It is honoured by the people of that kingdom, including those in the royal family. And the people of that kingdom say that within that tree dwells a tree spirit. And the people of that kingdom say, within every tree of that wood, within every tree in your front yard, in your backyard, in the meadows and woods and parks that surround your community, in every tree, there is the spirit of a living, breathing being. Honor to the tree spirit. Storyteller tells tales.